Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my channel and podcast, Stephanie's Blessed Life. Today, we will talk about Viking Season Four, Episodes One to Ten, because this season itself has twenty episodes. So I've decided to split into two segments. I will do the first ten episodes. Then for the next next um video for Vikings, I will do eleven to twenty, so that there'll be um. No overwhelming anyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, season four is a rather interesting one. It's rather painful to watch, I would say, even from the start. You know, we see Ragnar um, still recovering from the wounds that he got from Paris, and uh, we see him not just being wounded from battle. But also being wounded from the knowledge that Floki actually killed Athelstan. You know, like I mentioned, I do believe Ragnar knew all along that Floki killed Athelstan. You know, anyone would think, anyone would know, because it is very obvious how Floki felt about Athelstan, feeling as though that he has cor um, corrupted his best friend's Ragnar's mind. You know, so, and Floki being a rather passionate servant for the gods of yeah the old like Odin, Thor and the rest he felt it would be nice yeah to kill Floki you know it's like a form of sacrifice to Odin but I do believe deep down inside it wasn't just for the gods he wanted to get Athelstan out of the way so Ragnar yeah would have nothing to do we wouldn't just keep following Athelstan, there'll be no one here to corrupt him. In a manner of speaking, I suppose I cannot really blame Floki, even though I really want to knock him out for killing Athelstan, you know, but if I were in his shoes, yeah, I, I might have done the same thing. You know, like, it's, it's a part of human nature to feel jealous <coughs> or envious when your best friend chose to listen to somebody else and not you, even though you and him may have known each other for years. Yeah, so Floki was being punished. It all started with Bjorn. You know, Bjorn Ironside, he chained Floki in the marketplace of Kattegat for everybody to humiliate, to throw things at. And so after Ragnar was well enough to um, leave his quarters, he found Floki there. And yeah, he was wondering why would Bjorn do something like that? And Bjorn was like, I thought you were wanted. <laughs> You know, Bjorn being Bjorn, like the firstborn son of Ragnar, he wanted his father's approval and in his mind, he was just doing what he felt was best, you know? But Floki, on the other hand, has a wife. Even though she did not agree with what Floki did by killing Athelstan, she stood by him in his darkest hours. That is very sweet. You know, she was still loyal to him, she took care of him, she fed him, she gave him water to drink, and she even helped him to escape. And so after Floki was captured for Uber and Witzerk, you know, the two half-brothers of Bjorn Ironside, whose mother was Oslog, they found him along with the rest of the search parties, and Ragnar chained him to a rock in a cave and it was winter time and so 
Definitely, there'll be rain or snow falling in, and Helga was holding a holding a bowl above Loki's head to collect the contents. And for those of you who are familiar with Norse mythology, will know that this was how Loki, the trickster god, was punished for killing Baldur. Except in this case, Baldur was Athelstan, and Ragnar was Odin. <laughs> you know, Odin was Ragnar, and um, Loki was Floki. <laughs> this, well, Michael Hurst did a rather interesting thing with this story, I would say. Michael Hurst, yeah, is the one of the producers for Vikings, by the way. Yeah, so Floki was there for some time, and Helga being there, and during this time of Floki's incarceration, um, their only daughter, Angrabotha, died. I do believe it is due to some disease, you know. And many of us thought Ragnar would have killed Floki, but as we all know, Ragnar doesn't do what we all think he would. Yeah, he let Floki live in the end, he spared his life. And in doing so, all of them planned another attack on Paris. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, for those of you who are wondering about Rollo, yes, he stayed behind in Paris and he was quote-unquote bribed by the Franks in making him a duke and giving him the Empress daughter Gisler as a wife, he turned on his fellow Vikings. He had all his followers massacred because they refused to follow him to fight alongside the Franks against King Ragnar. And so when Rollo found out about it, he ordered the Franks to massacre them. Of course at this time Ragnar had no idea that his brother had changed sides, even though it is pretty much not surprising because Rollo had changed sides once when Yao Bok was in the picture. But after that Rollo learned his lesson, but then again Human nature, we all know, we can never fully trust somebody after they have turned on you once. Even though they have done whatever they can to make it up to you, you will still mistrust them one way or another, you know? So Ragnar wasn't satisfied with the results of the first attack, even though um, him pretending to be dead, and he managed to lead his forces into the city of Paris and got gotten more spoils. But nothing hurts trying it, right? But before this, Bjorn had decided to go into the wilderness to test himself to see if he could survive out there on his own. Ragnar was quite skeptical, you know, believing that he might not survive, that it was a foolish decision. You know, especially after his girlfriend, Thorin, have already left, you know, leaving their daughter Sigi in Kattegat. Bjorn believed he would find her, but the truth is he wanted to test himself. He had already wanted this years before, when his mother Lagatha was still married to Earl Sigvard. But of course Earl Sigvard wouldn't let his stepson Bjorn do this. You know, he was the cruel stepdad in a way. Alright, now said, okay, fine, you know, go and prove me wrong. And indeed, you know, he went into the wilderness, and during this time, Earl Kaf who have usurped Lagatha, aka Earl Ingstad of Hedeby as Earl, 
this this uh, no, decided to conspire against Bjorn and his whole family by allying himself with Erlander, the son of the former King Horik or the late King Horik, by asking a berserker to look for Bjorn in the wilderness to assassinate him. You know, so much conspiracy, right? Yeah, but against all odds, to cut a long story short, Bjorn survived. Before he met the berserker, he killed the bear that has been following him for some days with his own bare hands and his axe. And after that, he slew the berserker. Yeah. And um, Lagatha, who was said to be joint rulers of Hadeby along with El Kaf, you know, have decided to, yeah, be, be his woman ever since the previous season when they were in Paris but then she make an oath saying that she will kill him one day because he usurped her as Earl when she was away in Wessex with Ragnar and so even though yes they had their moments they had a couple of moments they slept together and she was pregnant with his child and they even decided to, got, to get married but on the day of the marriage yeah she cut him down she was basically fulfilling what she said she would do I don't know about Elka, but <laughs> if a woman says to you that she'll kill you, why would you even want to marry her in the first place? You know, and knowing Lagatha, she mean it when she say it. Yeah. And sure enough, yeah, Bjorn came back and they set out for Paris. And this time around, they knew of Rollo's betrayal. And they suffer miserably because yeah, the city was formidable, you know, was impregnable already, you know, I mean the city of Paris. And then the soldiers, they used crossbows instead of swords. Yeah. And during this time, we see Erlander die because he's been trying to kill Bjorn. Retracing back a bit. Um, after Bjorn um, tested himself in the wilderness and made his way back to Kattegat, he stopped by Hadaby to say, to say hi to his mother, Lagatha, and he also wanted to bring Torvi with him. Torvi, the widow of the late Yalbok, also the wife of Erlander. You know, she and Bjorn had a moment shortly before Torin decided to leave Kattegat. Yeah, and also Bjorn realized that, yeah, he, he was in love with her and so he wanted to take her away. And then Erlander was like, you want to take away my wife? Then what about your son? Yeah, and she thought, obviously she was torn for a second, like, if she goes with the man that she wants to be with, she'll have to leave her son behind. Her son with Yaobok. It wasn't even Erlander's son, so what makes Erlander not want to kill him, right? But Lagatha promised Torvi, Torvi that if she wants to go with her son, feel free. You know, she'll take care of him. Yeah, and so she did followed him all the way to Paris and Erlander has been talking nonsense to Torvi's ear saying that if she don't return back to him he'll kill the boy Guthrum obviously she'll be afraid and then at one point he handed Torvi a crossbow asking him to kill Bjorn because if not her son will have to pay the price yeah and she knew what to do you know she walked away and then she told Bjorn that Erlander wanted me to kill you and then he was like so what are you waiting for? She turned around and killed Erlander instead. Uh, 
really good game bro. <laughs> he was in the midst of a very disastrous time, you know, for them. He already failed the first attempt after returning back to Paris the second time and knowing of Rolo's changing side and then now they decide to attack from the other direction, still they failed. You know, there are just lots of traps and lots of um, crossbows. Basically the soldiers are way more formidable than the Vikings it seemed and Lagasse would have died. And Ragnar I would say maybe he would have succeeded if he had not allied himself with this slave girl by the name of Yidu was Oslog's slave and God only knows what kind of drugs she's been feeding him. You know Ragnar, yeah, once he's bought a beautiful woman, uh-uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, so like he began to tell her of himself, his problems, and then he even leaked out the secret of the settlement that he had fought so hard for being destroyed by King Egbert and his family, along with the fellow Vikings that he had left behind to farm. You know, the settlement was destroyed, the people were killed, and then Yidu would have spilled it out. But before she could, he killed her. So he killed her when she was when they were both in the yeah near the water in Paris. She knew her trick well enough, you know. She gave him that drug, and he will always want it because she told him that this drug will help him because he's in so much pain. Even though he said he wasn't sick, but then she said that you're sick inside. So. You know, she he was wondering how is he going to have that drug after he left Paris, and she was like, "Bring me with you." Yeah, so he brought her with him. You know, along with his sons Bjorn, um, Uber, and Witzer, who are not old enough to travel very far. You know, and so she and Floki's wife Helga serve as the women who attend the wounded and who take care of the children. And when all of this was happening, Harbard came back to Kattegat again. And this was the time that we see Oslog really backsliding a lot, you know. Back when Ragnar was going out raiding, you see Oslog managing Kattegat well enough. But ever since Harbard came, she started to backslide, which, which led to Siggy's death. You know, the widow of the late Earl Haraldson, Sigi, she died the, f the first time Harper came to Kattegat. And now the second time he came, you know, Sigurd, the third son that Oslog bore for Ragnar, already started to feel very off about Harper. You know, why does this person keep coming in, you know? And he happened to, he being a curious boy, he walks around a lot, he likes to explore, and so he happened to chance upon seeing Harbard entering a home of another woman and she, he witnessed him sleeping with the other woman and so he told his mother about it and when his mother saw it uh, 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 uh. <laughs> that was the time that Oslov started to drink a lot and don't really pay much attention to a lot of things other than Ivar and she promising Bjorn that she would take care of his daughter with Thor and Sigi you know, I'm 
I have no idea who she entrusted the girl to, but you know, at one day when Sig Sigurd was playing out there, you know, he saw a body inside the lake and he knew it was Siggy. You know, by the time he told Auslog that Siggy was dead and Ivor was just sitting there, you know. Yeah, she was just like, don't care. I've never really liked Oslog at first, but then when I see how she actually um, loves her children, especially Ivar, despite everybody telling her to just give him up and leave him to die in the wilderness, uh, she kept him, you know, and raised him. It's a really strong woman. And how she still treats Bjorn with respect, even though he's the son of Lagatha, Ragnar's first wife, you know, it is really, really awesome. I like her, but now seeing her now backsliding is just ouch. Yeah, so that attack on Paris really ended miserably. Uh, Ragnar really. Yeah, this whole thing took a toll on Ragnar to the point that Bjorn felt this really broke him. You know, so after they returned to Kattegat, Ragnar disappeared for some years to God knows where and did not return. By the time he returned, the four boys. Uber, Fitzek, Sigurd, and Ivar were already grown. You know? And he, Floki was already building ships for Bjorn who wanted to go to the Mediterranean. And then one of the settlers of Wessex who happened to escape, you know, the Viking settlers, he came all the way and told Bjorn and his brothers the truth about the settlement how the settlers were killed and how some fled and hid themselves and then um, Ragnar had a son with Queen Quenthrith called Magnus yeah and speaking of Queen Quenthrith she really met her demise this time because um, some of her Mercians refused to acknowledge Wessex as their overlordship and so they were unhappy you know they locked Queen Quenthrith and her son up and by the time Prince Aetherwolf got to her and then rescued her, brought her and the boy to Wessex, Egbert decided his treachery by um, leading his forces into Mercia and make himself the king of Mercia and Wessex. You know. Of course, after sending off Wixton, Wixton was one of the ruling council members into his pilgrimage to Rome. Wixton agreed to the overlordship of Wessex because Mercia was already no longer how it once was. As Quentreth herself cannot really be trusted and she was as crazy as everyone in that family to kill this one and kill that one. But at the same time, I feel sorry for her because she is the only surviving relative of Magnus that is close enough. Ragnar is far away in Scandinavia and ever since the day he decided to disappear to God knows where. Quenthrift was supposed to be his only parent, his mother. But then she was angry with King Egbert for doing this to her. And so, yeah, I think she wanted to kill him. But Judith, who so disturbingly became Egbert's mistress instead of his daughter-in-law. For if you all remember, Judith was the wife of King Prince Adolf and lover of Athelstan. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, she killed her. It's a really disturbing thing, I would say. So much like immorality and yeah, I suppose 
humans, human nature. You know, especially when one has the power, they think they can do whatever they want. Even making their own daughter-in-law their mistress. Right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the first 10 episodes of Season 4 for Vikings. Let me know what you think in the comments. And if you like what you see or hear, please subscribe, give a thumbs up, and share. Until next time, take good care and God bless.